You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. At Moneyline 97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter. The squad is in the building. We got a special producer in the house, and he's rocking some red hot chili peppers with you on a Sunday morning. Let's make some money. That Germany bet just got went off right now. If you can catch it live, over three in the Berlin game in Germany. There you have it. And I'm kind of curious if Texans fans, how are you feeling today? Are you excited? Is this... You know, is this what you needed to hear to get pumped for the season? That looks like the Texans are the front runner to go to the playoffs. You know, 713-780-3776. If you're excited about the Texans season now, if you think, you know, you hate to cheer that, you know, somebody's injured and retiring, but man, injuries are part of football. We have a text right here yeah. actually to that same point. And he, I, I kind of agree, though. They say you want fans to get excited just because everyone else sucks, laughing out loud. We want to be excited because they earned it. And I, I'm all about that. And it's, sure. Don't get me wrong. Does this help on the way, the journey to get there? Yes. But I'm a like to earn it kind of guy. And I even even with luck there, I, I had some decent expectations maybe for the Texans. Now, I wasn't maybe as low as some people were on them. I'm, everyone knows I'm not a Texans fan either way. So it can't be like, man, he talks with his heart. I bleed Steelers gold. You know what I mean? That's what I do. But as far as the Texans, just from overall uh, just standpoint, look, look, outlook, let's say. It's tough to say, man, now I'm excited because of this injury, because if that's what got you excited now, are your expectations higher? Yeah, they should be. Should you go out there and and bet them? Maybe now the value's gone. Yeah, for sure. But what what I like about it is, is what the Texans struggle against last year? Good quarterbacks, right? Well, now you got one out of the way that you have to play twice a year and you would have to deal with, in theory, in the playoffs. They eliminated you from the playoffs last year. So who else are you really worried about in the AFC now? Always the Patriots, right? We know the Chiefs are, are a great team. You know, a lot of people like the Chargers this year. But aside from that, who do you have in front of the Texans? You know, and you just need to win one game, really, in the playoffs. And just think last year, if they would have just held on and you know beat the Eagles and gotten that bye in the playoffs, you know, it could have been a really, really great year for the Texans. And, and that is the one thing I worry about. A lot of people writing off the Jags. It's like, remember Nick Foles is that same guy that, that ripped your heart out last year when you played the Eagles and you needed that game. And remember Clowney got that rough in the passer and then Foles went right down the field and beat you. That was huge. You would have had a buy in the playoffs for the Texans there. So I know the Jags aren't a sexy team, but just know like Nick Foles, he got you last year and he could get you again. And going back to the text line, the Colts will draft Trevor Lawrence in 2021 to Trey's point. We also have another one here talking about the tasteless tweet from the guys over at 610. If you didn't get to read it, they deleted it. When someone deletes it like that, then you know it was tasteless. And I don't want to give him too much shine, but yeah, to jump on something for luck and compare it to the Antonio Brown retiring and saying it's pretty much the same and there's a difference between retiring and quitting and this is quitting that that's tasteless so yeah we'll give you shine on that as far as throw some tomatoes at him because that's bad news and Trey you got a fan hey Trey good to hear you producing on Moneyline today your music is on point Trey's got some fans. Hopefully I don't alienate my uh, fan when I play something weird here in the next segment or something that they don't know. <laughs> so stand by on the compliments. And another one from another fan. I think I'd be more excited if we hadn't gotten blown out yesterday 34-0. to zero. 
Well, that's part of it too, right? I mean, could they have looked any worse yesterday? They caught off the dogs, though. Yeah. You, the offensive lineman got hurt as well. So Yeah, I th- a couple of those guys, what Fulton and Kelamente kind of limped off the field. It looks like they're going to be okay. And guys, if you want a good update on, on what happened last night, I think Cody Stutes did a really nice job on SportsMap if you want to go read his piece on the Miller injury and just kind of a, a takeaways from the game yesterday and maybe some options the Texans might have. And we talked about this a little bit for you know Lamar Miller. So we've been very Andrew Luck heavy. Let's 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 bring this back a little bit here to the Texans. Lamar Miller out for the year, ACL. It was kind of curious, right, when the Texans took another tight end in the third round of this draft. And a lot of us were thinking maybe they'd add a running back because they took two tight ends last year and they've signed a couple tight ends. So they already had a lot of guys at tight end and they, they still took Waring there in the third round and he's already dealing with concussions. We thought maybe maybe they'd take a receiver there, maybe another O-lineman or especially a running back because they knew Lamar Miller was on the last year of his deal. And this was before the you know the Duke Johnson acquisition. So you have to kind of question you know why they didn't address the running back position there where you take another tight end. Look, I, I like Waring as a prospect, but it feels like you had you had other needs that were more important, and now you're you're going to be sitting there hoping maybe Carlos Hyde gets cut. Or what we talk about Frank Gore earlier, or maybe Jay Ajayi, who's coming off an injury himself. I think one of the other recommendations was the Eagles. They have tons of running backs, right? You know, with Smallwood, and, and they can't keep all those guys. So maybe the Eagles cut one of their backs, and you pick him up. I, I don't know. Is there any name on that list that excites you for the Texans? At this point, anything, yeah. right? Something, but. Running back by committee is what you're going to get here for the full extent of it. And not to say it wasn't going to be that regardless with sure. Lamar Miller. You knew that Duke Johnson's going to have his role, but it's nice to have a workhorse back there. But is there really that many workhorse running backs anymore other than he's uh, – there's six, okay, with yeah. Barkley, uh, McCaffrey, Connor, Gurley, Elliott. Those are the guys that get 80% of the, the running back share. Other than that, you can see that uh, Kamara can be – yeah, he can be explosive in limited touches. He can, and Duke Johnson, we talked about earlier, probably will have a similar role now. And I like Duke Johnson now. This is, I bet he catches fifty balls. He might have done that regardless, but I just, you know, I don't see him getting more than like one hundred and fifty carries. That's going to have to go to somebody else. He's just not a, he's not a very big guy, and he can't take that kind of punishment. So. I think Carlos Hyde makes some sense if they end up cutting him. He's he's a big dude. He can kind of pound it up in there, come in for you on running downs. And I mean, the Texans run the ball a ton. I think that's something we need to talk about is they really rely on their running backs. They're going to need somebody that's going to come through for them because they run the ball a lot. That's part of the offense. And it's going to be a change in scheme, I think, at the end of the day, because it's not going to be that they don't have that workhorse guy. And to your point, now it, it, it puts more emphasis on Watson. And I think as far as fantasy, it's going to do more for him. I talked about the prop is, is a little bit under 4,000 passing yards. And I said that he would get that counting that after that Cowboys game, he didn't throw over 19 attempts for like six or seven straight weeks. And he's a 25 about attempt guy, a, a, a temp per game guy doing put adding that to his yards per attempt. He goes well over that 4,000 catching those tickets. So anybody out there that you can get around that 4,000 yard mark for Deshaun Watson, as far as season long props, I'm all over that. Oh yeah. And I think in your fantasy ranks, at least for me, like I still had Aaron Rodgers number two and I had Mahomes number one. I'm kind of thinking we, we slide Watson up to number two now. And, you know, just, I've been on record yeah. saying he's going to be one, and, and that's going out there because the strength of schedule, saying if they're in tough games. Last year, 
It, it, we, we, I just said about the, he only had 19 attempts in about six, seven games. And then last year, they had the easier strength to schedule, one of the easiest. Yeah. So that would tell you the game script is on the opposite side to where they can run the ball more, and they like, like to run the ball. But if you're in a hard, harder games, and your defense might not be as good as you want it to be, and Clowney's not there yet, and whatever the case may be on the defensive side that gets you involved in higher scoring games, then that means more production for Watson. It's going to be asked for him to have to make more plays. And whenever he is trailing or in one score games, his yard per attempts is two points high or two yards higher. That's a lot. That is, they're going to have to lean on him. I mean, they really are. But this is, it's, it's a good thing, right? You have a good quarterback to lean on. He's a good player. Now, we talked about the game yesterday where they just got wiped out by the Cowboys. You know, maybe that's why the excitement's kind of lower today. You know, you'd think everybody would be excited about the Andrew Luck news, but not only did you just get massacred by Trey's Cowboys, you lose your starting running back for the year, and probably forever, because this is the last year of Lamar Miller's deal. Here's another problem, right, is we're hearing that trade that the Clowney might be moved and it might actually be for a receiver, which is kind of shocking to me. I, I wouldn't think that's where they would go, but it makes some sense, right? Or can you count on Will Fuller or Kiki QT to be healthy this year? No, Look, I'd like Will Fuller. I think he's a really nice player, but he just hasn't shown he can stay healthy. And Hopkins has got to have somebody that, you know, on the other side that, that is dependable and that can take some attention away. Well, check this out. Raiders released Doug Martin. Interesting. Not really Texans worthy, right? With all the not to say that he's anything special, but yeah. can can he be used? I mean, obviously he can be used here, but is it something that catches your attention? One Doug, my favorite Martin. <laughs> it's just you know he's he's had some drug issues in the past, and you know how the Texans are with it's the NFL. Know, who hasn't? I know, right? But they're you know they're pretty picky about you know getting certain types of players that they deem Texans worthy, whatever that means. So you worry if he's a guy they would even consider. Let's talk about what Zeke Elliott didn't consider, and that was to be paid as a two highest running, a top two running back in the league. Right. Do you think that's crazy? That he turned it down, or is he playing? Is he playing his cards right? Here's what's interesting: like we just saw that paid as like the second, you know, most running back in the league, but we don't really know what they were offering him annually, right? We don't know how much guaranteed money was in that contract. We don't. We don't have any of those details, and that's important, right? The guaranteed money, how much he's making per year. It could be a very incentive-laden deal. Like, we just don't have the details, but he knows his value to the Cowboys, and he's gonna, they're going to push it up until, you know, game one, week one here. So all you fantasy owners, be prepared that, like, we both think they're going to get a deal done right, but it's going to be... It's still scary taking yeah. them. We always say you can't win it with your first-round pick, but you can lose it. And just to give you a unit of measure here, Le'Veon Bell, he signed that four-year deal, 52.5, 35 of it was guaranteed, 35 million. Todd Gurley, when he re-upped, 60 million, 45 guaranteed. So Zeke is somewhere in there, and he wants to be one. He does. And look, when he's right, I think he probably is the best running back in the league. And we're going to get into why he he probably is the best running back in the league and guys around him and what we expect out of nowadays running backs. Anthony, we see you on the HRMP listener line. We'll get back to you as soon as we get back. You're, Monday line, you're listening to Monday Line, ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5. I assume you knew... You're listening to Moneyline 
on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. At Moneyline 97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter at JuggaloTrey23, at JoshJordan975, at JerryBoNose with a Z. That's where you can find us on Twitter. All of our work over at SportsMac. Make sure you go over there and check out everything we release. I got more Bookie Buster plays. We have that over three in Germany, and we have a 1-0 game already. But let's get over to the HRMP listener line. We have Anthony, and he wants to talk AB and Andrew Luck. What's going on, Anthony? Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, I got a hot take on Andrew Luck, but first I wanted to ask what your thoughts are on Antonio Brown being a Steeler fan. Do you feel like his head's right? And, and uh, I'm a Raiders fan, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he's, he's going to come back and really dominate this year. What do you think? Man, I love that guy. I did. And, and it's hard for me to see him acting up like this because now it starts making me question how long did the Steelers hide this for? And we saw over the last few years of his tenure there, it was it was problems. And it was him going overboard. And I think that Mike Tomlin had lost control of that. And now once you let a player, especially wide receivers being the divas, it seems like in the NFL, it's trouble. But the Raiders needed something they needed, especially when making a move to Vegas, they need that big guy. And, and, and Antonio Brown's supposed to be that. And it's just terrible that we're not even into the season yet. And there's been problems because as far as just performance on the field, man, uh, green lights to the Raiders with, within, with Antonio Brown. And I think it would have brought maybe the best out of Derek Carr that we could possibly see. And everything was maybe looking, they had put other pieces around Antonio Brown. Let's not forget about the Williams and, and, and a few other people, Jay, there's people over there but uh, at the end of the day man i don't think something's right they let it get too big and at this point whenever people are just playing this kind of game and doing these it's never good and i don't know how long it's gonna last i don't know how long chucky can keep uh, control of that locker room no i I agree and uh anthony what's your take on andrew luck man well i'm not throwing any shade on him but i i feel like he's going to to take some time get his body right get his head right and I think he believes what he's saying right now, but I don't know that we've seen the last of him. And uh, I'm not going to go all conspiracy theory on you guys, but if you think about who his dad is, you know, I wouldn't be thinking that it's crazy to see him in a Houston uniform playing for the Roughnecks in a couple years. Nice. You heard it here first from our guy, Anthony. XFL, here he comes. But no, it, it, you never know. And for a, for a gym rat, and he, he's a locker room guy, and like he, he loves football, whether he just wasn't allowed to love it from being in rehabs all the time and, and not being able to enjoy everyday life the way he wants to because of these injuries and having a plan every year coming up saying, man, I'm not even going to start the year with the guys. And it, it just it took too much of a toll on him. But I, I agree with you. A few years away from the game and being the way that he is, it's going to mess with him at one point or another. He's, that's why I say ambassador of the game, whether he plays again or not, he's going to be involved in this league some way, which way or another, or, or maybe the XFL with his father being there. But that's a good take man and i appreciate you calling us this morning all right good day guys thanks anthony yeah it's interesting you know jj watt was asked about you know him andrew luck retiring and you know he said he's an incredible competitor he loved playing against him and that he thinks it takes an immense amount of courage an immense amount of self-reflection to have the guts what he's doing which is you know walking away from the game and how crazy is this right like if i would have told you luck is going to retire before jj watt 
Like nobody would have believed that. Or Robert Griffin the Third. Yes, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one from there because it was looking. Re- I don't know what the odds would even be on that, but it would have been crazy the other way because after a few years, you thought that uh, RG3 was maybe on his way out the way he was treated over there and his leg problem and and bouncing around from teams. But now, I guess who's laughing now? No no doubt. It just just shows you how quickly these things happen and can get out of hand. And it it also shows you your window in the NFL. Like, you need a win now. Don't look four or five years down the road because – you know, your quarterback might be gone. You never know. So, you know, you should look at it if you're a Texans fan with Deshaun Watson. Like, you need to be all in it this next year or two to, you know, to push through and be the best you can possibly be because, hey, he's still on that rookie deal. And protect him. And protect him. You have salary cap money. So protect Deshaun. Just load up the team around him and make your run. Like, that's what's kind of frustrating for me and a lot of Texans fans is you know how much salary cap money they have left that they're not spending. You know, and you're just like, what are you waiting on? We also have another uh, tweet going back and forth uh, here. Our man, our man, Mike Major from Texas Cardhouse, he asked me, did I say that Gurley and Zeke are the best running backs in the league? And I told him, arguably. And, if I mean, we can argue that all day because a lot of people want to go ahead and plug in Saquon Barkley, but I got to see more. Not to say that he's not going to be. I'm not, not by any means because at this rate, yeah, he will be, probably be, but... What we know through 40 career games, nobody has a workload like Zeke. Nobody. He can lead the league in, in, in categories without even playing the full 16. That's who he is. And the one piece that was missing from his game or people wanted him to improve in was the pass game. And he, career high, 6.3 targets per game last year. Now he is involved in the pass catching. Not that he was never even that great at it. it did, they didn't require that from him. Now you saw that last year. And Zeke, for 16 games, is arguably better than anybody out there. And I, and I was a Le'Veon Bell guy. I'll sit there and tell you, whenever he was, he was in, uh, in Pittsburgh, there was only one guy in the last 10 years other than Le'Veon Bell that had four, a plus 400 touches. Le'Veon Bell, yeah. like he was lining up at wide receiver. He's lining up everywhere. So I would have him competing up there. But again, he has his mentality. I don't know what's going to be there now. A lot of people have the Jets breaking out and then Darnold's going to have his year this year. And that's going to a lot relies on Le'Veon Bell and whatnot. But going back to even that caller last uh, talking about is Antonio Brown right in his head or not? Uh, going back to what I said about Tom Tomlin and the Steelers, and and is it a, is it is it such a isn't it weird that both Bell and Brown are kind of weird, and they were willing to do this for the team and wanted to get out of there? Did they let it get out of control? Is this more of a factor that the the, the Steelers lost control of that locker room? Is that what's going on here? Because it's just weird to see the both two stars bounce like that. It, it definitely is, and. It, it just shows you when you're that good of a player, they will put up with a lot, right? And now, look with the Antonio Brown drama this offseason. You think the Steelers are feeling pretty good about trading him for some draft picks? You know they are with all the helmet drama and all the nonsense. They just want to play football up there. And the Raiders were desperate. They needed a big name. They needed a playmaker, so they rolled the <laughs> dice. But, you know, back to your Saquon Barkley argument, you know, I put up my fantasy ranks uh, this week for Sports Map. And at first, I was kind of leaning towards having Kamara as number one over Barkley. And the only reason is, is there's a tendency to have a lot of sophomore slumps for these big time running backs. You think about Todd Gurley, you know, he busted out his rookie year and then his second year, he didn't even rush for a thousand yards. Look at what Leonard Fournette did. He was great two years ago. And then last year, he probably killed your fantasy team. So 
even Zeke Elliott, like he wasn't bad his second year, but he didn't have a big year because of the suspension. So that's why when we talk about Saquon Barkley, we need to see more because so many of these great running backs did not have very good second seasons. And that could happen here with Saquon Barkley. And I really fought myself, but when I went back and, and just, you know, dove into the numbers, I, I couldn't not put Saquon at number one just because his stats were just overwhelming. So, you know, I, I had to put him in that spot. And we know Kamara, he's going to have to give up some touches to Latavius Murray. And now with Christian McCaffrey and, and Cam Newton already banged up, and, you know, Cam Newton being banged up, not McCaffrey. But I'm saying you kind of worry about McCaffrey a little bit, right, if Cam Newton's not healthy. And what separates them two, and I'm with you as far as Barkley having an upper hand, is there was only nine running backs that saw 60% or more of the team's carries inside the 10. Barkley makes that list. Kamara doesn't. On that list, just for you out there, David Johnson, Barkley, Joe Mixon, Connor, Gurley, Carson, Peyton Barber, Christian McCaffrey, Marlon Mack. Those are running backs that saw at least 60% of the team's carries inside the 10, and that's where you get those touchdown points, and that's what's crucial. Inside, uh, from 20 to 20, Kamara's getting his, but you're going to tell me Latavius Murray, he's one of the best goal line running backs. That's what he's always been, and he'll get it. So don't be surprised this year if you get vultured there or by the quarterback that they run these gimmicky yeah. offenses. How many times do you see Hill, Hill coming out there for the Saints now, and he'll come out there and run some kind of weird offense, and all of a sudden now you're getting vultured on that end too. So be careful, and I think that's what ultimately separates Barkley and Kamara. But I do want to see it more. Yes, and to your point about Kamara, if he does get a little – touchdown regression that's a big concern do you know he had 18 touchdowns last year Kamara that's a lot 18 so that just tells you if you know if he falls off a little bit touchdown wise because of Murray stealing some goal line love it could take a big hit to his over fan his overall fantasy numbers because he didn't rush for a thousand yards he had 883 Kamara that is and he but he had 700 receiving yards so that's what made him so valuable and you know, the 18 touchdowns, which is unreal. That's a lot of touchdowns. They do use him in the red zone quite a bit, but they throw to him a lot as well. So we'll see, you know, how that goes. But I do like that Kamara is on an elite offense. You like that. With Saquon Barkley, you worry that teams are just going to load up the box on him, right? Because who do they have outside that's scary? They, You know, Golden Tate suspended for the first four games. You know, Sterling Shepard, we'll see if he turns into anything. Really, Evan Ingram is probably their best you know, skill guy outside of Barkley. So you just kind of worry and the quarterback play may not be very good with Eli. You know, we'll see what happens with him. So you kind of worry that, you know, Barkley just might be on a bad offense and he doesn't have a lot of scoring opportunities. When we talk fantasy, we talk about handcuffing, but now the day and age that with these running back by committees, there's not, there's it's not even a true handcuff because your guy can actually see the field. And for those that want to handcuff Kamara with Latavius Murray, if you go back to the middle of July, he was an end-of-seventh-round guy. Now he's moving to the top of the sixth, middle of the sixth, somewhere around there, if you want to take Latavius Murray. but And this can happen with anybody. You say, hey, well, so-and-so gets injured and this guy, but Latavius Murray can play the role of running back, and I don't know how much of a beating Kamara could take because even in college, he wasn't a guy that would touch it over 15 times. He's just never been that. Can he be that now? He's going to be required to touch it that much more with Ingram gone, and we'll see how that works out. No doubt about it. But these are all great fantasy options in, you know, in your top five. And you, know, you took Zeke Elliott. 
you know, you probably feel a little better if you would have gotten Pollard maybe later in the draft because then you, you have a little bit of safety there, right, just in case this Zeke holdout goes too long. But uh, we ought to get into that. We ought to get into We did our fantasy draft at Twin Peaks the other day. Because there's so many of those. Because, for example, like James Conner, Jalen Samuel. Yes. You, there's so many of these predicaments. Damian Harris, who's going to go? Who's going to run it over there? Because uh, there's. we saw what he did last night. Let's get into that on the other side. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. to the HRP listener line, dial 713-780-ESPN. Dial the phone. Looking to outsource your company's HR and payroll? Get the top initiative and smart solutions with HRP.net. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. ESPN975.com. Live from the ESPN975 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. If you want to talk anything fantasy, anything gambling, anything about the Texans' injuries, we're here just for that. The Andrew Luck news broke last night, and we talk, we've spoken about that throughout the first hour. If you want to go back and check any of that out on Podcast Arena, what it means as far as the domino effect on the rest of the Colts players, what does it mean for the Texans' futures bets? Will they? Does this make their path obviously easier to win the AFC? Is there any value still in that? Is there any value in week one? How much was Andrew Luck worth to that spread? He was a tier two player, classified as about... Five and a half to seven and a half points. I said six earlier. Let's drop about five and a half right under a key number of six. So five and a half to seven and a half points. I say about right around there. And now you, if you didn't bet them earlier, then now you've lost your chance because now the spread has moved past that key number of seven for week one. But again, always be a step ahead. No doubt about it. And that was going to be a tough game for the Colts, no matter what, because you know the Chargers we think are going to be really good this year. I mean, they were a good team last year. I think that continues. So we'll see. This is pretty interesting, though. It's I, I just I'm excited. I'm a Texans fan. I'm excited now. I, I hate that Andrew Luck is you know retiring, and but it, it leaves an opening for the Texans. And we've had our fair share of bad luck as Texans fans over the years with you know all the <laughs> all the car stuff, and you know they they just haven't you know Matt Schaub just kind of falling off out of nowhere at the end of his career. You know, so it's like. It's football. This stuff happens. So there's nothing wrong with being excited about the outlook for the Texans this year. And I'm going to be a lot more locked in. I'm telling you, I already am because I do it for work. But as a fan, I'm going to be a lot more excited to watch watch these games because I think I think they're going to win a playoff game this year. I really believe this makes the difference. I, I really do, because luck, he spanked you last year. You know what I mean? Like he, at home, yeah, he came in here at home at the end of the year, beat you, and then beat you at the playoffs. But does that you know? qualify as a successful season? Just one win, you think? I mean, do, do the fans ask for more? If you're listening out there right now, seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Does one win? If somebody told you right now, I'll guarantee you one win, and that's it, and you made the playoffs and got one win. Would would you be content with that? And obviously, it's easy to say, no, man, I want the Super Bowl. But would you in your head can say right now, man, if I'm guaranteed one win in the playoffs? 
And that's it. Then I take that right now because I'm not sure that a lot of people out there are listening might say, you know what, I, I, I'm in. But, I mean, that's another step from last year, right? So they won the division, they got to the playoffs, and they lost. So if they win the division and then they win a playoff game, that is improvement. Yeah, but is that the impro- it's improvement, but is that enough for you as a fan? Because I know you love them. And, and is, is that realistically to you or, do you, or is it two games at least? Here's the thing, right? Do you think they're better than the Chiefs? I don't. Mm-mm. Do you think they're better than the Patriots? Mm-mm. I don't. So I'm not going to kill them if they lose to teams that I think they're not as good as. Yeah, and I and, and that's why we put it out there. And we want to know your your opinion. 713-780-3776. Feel free to text us on that number as well. And speaking of text, we have one right now, and it says, what do you guys think about James Conner? Man, I, I like him this year. I what I really like is drafting towards the back end, right? So if you're at pick 11 or pick 12, I like taking a guy like James Conner or Nick Chubb because I know with my next pick, one of those elite receivers will be there. And those guys I'm talking about, Tyree Kill, you know, Odell Beckham, Juju Smith-Schuster, you can get one of those guys. And I'm excited about that. So if, if I start my draft with James Conner and one of those elite receivers, I like my chances. And then I can grab Jalen Samuels later in the draft. And he's a good player, by the way. So yeah, if anything, very happen- good. Yeah, if anything happens to Conner, I'm, I'm confident in him. How good is Jalen Samuels? Because RB7 is what, uh, what James Conner finished as. 22 opportunities a game, 113 total yards. Well, those games, the three that he was gone, Samuels played, 109 total yards. So four less total yards in those games. Not to say that they're the same by any mean, because Connor, as a receiver, is what helps him stand out. Yep. Almost 20 routes per game ran, and that's big. But is it is it more of a factor of whoever's back there? Because the Steelers ranked fifth in total yards per game last year, 403 in first and pass attempts. Is it yep. more of a product of that's who they are? Yeah, it's that system, right? I mean, we saw what D'Angelo Williams have a huge year when Le'Veon Bell wasn't there. So there's something about that system, man. There's magic there. And there's something about these callers right now. I think it struck a nerve. Again, if you're listening, 713-780-3776. If you want to get in and talk about what you think about the season coming up, will it be enough, one playoff win, for you to be content and say, hey, it was a successful season and I'm all right with it, considering what happened this offseason, considering now that the Lamar Miller news, yeah. uh, considering all things considered, what for you is a successful season? What will you be content with? The lines are open, 713-780-3776. Let's go over to Jerry right now. You're on the HRMP listener line. What's going on, my man? How's it going, guys? Hey, I think uh, with everything that happened with Lamar Miller, uh, if they do get a playoff win, that would be pretty successful in my mind. If they somehow do not win the AFC South now with Andrew Luck being out, I think that's going to be a huge disappointment. And I think Bill O'Brien, that can be his ticket out. Ooh, that's interesting. And this does put the pressure. Jerry, you make a good point. This puts the pressure on Bill O'Brien. If he can't get it done with Andrew Luck out of the way in the division, I mean, that's going to look bad. No, I agree with you here. And, 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 yeah, losing that division right now, that would be huge. That would, You have to win that division now. There's yes. no questions about it. You have to take that division. Forget the Jaguars. Not to say that they're going to be pushovers, but you have the divisions for the taking. Uh, the playoff spot's going to be there. What happens there going forward, winning that game, and what goes from on there? But you have to get to that game at you least. Do. And, and what if Brady falls off? What if Brady, this is the year he falls off? then really you're only scared of the Chiefs, right? And maybe the Chargers, but we'll see. But that could be huge. This could finally be the year where Brady falls off. And you could literally be in the AFC Championship game. You have a real shot at it. Uh, you want to get Tom in here? He's got a comment on the Texans Appreciate as well. the call, Jerry. 
Yeah, Tom, you're on the HRMP listener line. What's going on, my man? Yeah, um, gosh, I want to be optimistic, but how, how can we even be talking playoffs when we get lambasted like that yesterday? I just, I don't, I don't understand it. Now, I didn't watch the game. I just saw the score. Uh, so I don't really have a lot of uh, street cred to be talking a whole lot about the game, nor do I have a lot of street cred to be talking about the score either. You know, because it is preseason, the games don't count. I get, I get that whole concept, but I just think that the Texans have major problems running back, left tackle, uh, our quarterback having to run for his life this year. Yeah, the okay. I just too. I can't see how we could even be talking about it. Would it be a success? I think it'd be a very significant success. The other two things I think that need to be brought up: number one, who's going to be the the quarterback that now settles in for the Colts? And then the second thing is, I don't know if the since the Texans gave up that running back and the Colts picked them up, I can't even remember his name. Dante Foreman. But how's he doing? Is he going to come back to the Texans and haunt he's out the for Texans the year. in our division? Yeah, he's out already. Yeah, he, he hurt. Is he out already? Yeah, I believe okay. he tore a bicep or a pec, something like that. So he's he's out for the year. But no, you, to your point, they, it's something's needed is for sure. And now you ask yourself, what's the, what's what's going to happen in Indianapolis? And it's just tough, man. It's it, it, to everything you say. It's it leaves a bad taste in your mouth uh, seeing that score yesterday, even if you didn't watch it. But also, when injuries like that happen and it's something critical and it's a preseason game, it takes the the wind out of that team and everyone's everyone's now like, hey, let's get let's call the dogs off and let's get up out of here because we can't afford anything else going down. And the way it went down, it was real early into the game, and then the offensive lineman gets tripped up, it hurt from behind, and you're like, man, this is a disaster. Let's get. Get out of yeah. here. So yeah, one one last thought. You, you take a look at O'Brien, and he's now having to play GM. Also, this is probably the argument against the coach being a GM. Also, because this is the time of year when you got to have somebody out there that can put their full focus on looking for other players to help supplement your team. Right now, whenever you're trying to get your team ready for the regular season, and to try to combine that as a coach and GM, it's just I don't think it's possible. I don't think he can keep his mind focused on two two separate situations. Great so point. Got- because they're two different roles. They're two different roles, and and I agree with you. There's coaching, and then there's the, the more of the front office, and 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 the people that are worried about other other things. And and if you have your coach this close to the season, and and having to worry about something completely different, especially an injury to your starting running back that you weren't obviously you weren't planning for this. It's just too much on the plate at one point for a coach that is already having trouble coming up with cleverness on the offensive side of the ball, right? A yeah. coach that's already having trouble with in-house. There's already there's already problems with Clowney in-house. It's the things that need to get figured out. And now you add more to the plate, more to him, something that he's not built for. I don't think that he's built to play this many roles. No, and he... O'Brien is such an emotional guy, right? And, you know, as a GM, you need somebody that's a little more measured and and not in the mix with these players on a day-to-day basis where, you know, I just think O'Brien and Clowney, they, they, you know, just for whatever reason, it's not working. And maybe some of it's personal. I don't know. But who knows what they're going to have to get in return for Clowney because his value couldn't be any lower because other teams know that they're going to have to pay him a ton of money. He may not sign a long-term deal with them, so the Texans are going to have to take pennies on the dollar for Clowney. And you're right. He's, he's got other things to worry about, and now he's going to have to go find a running back, Bill O'Brien, that is. And in my opinion, I 
I think the Browns won that trade, getting a third-round pick essentially for for Duke Johnson. I heard rumblings that they would have taken a fifth for him. Yeah, no, they you know, yeah. So you know, I feel like maybe he, he gave up a little too much for Duke Johnson, and he has a pretty big contract for a running back. So the Texans are having to pay him, and they had to give up a third-round pick. Third-round picks are valuable, so th- it worries me a little bit that you know O'Brien might be in over his head. So. We'll see, but good thing they did get Duke Johnson because, man, they're going to need him now. We're going to break here, and let me go ahead and drop another bomb on your book's head. Let's go to Bolivia. I'm taking you all around the world. A 2 o'clock kickoff, Aurora, Bolivar. Go ahead and hit over 3. It's a little juiced, but I think 3 is extremely safe. Again, go to Bolivia at 2 o'clock, Aurora, Bolivar, over 3. We got one segment left here. The lines are open, 713-780-3776. We'd love to hear your talk. What, what's, what's considered a successful season for the Texans? Is it one win in the playoffs? What is it to you? What would you like to see? You listen to Moneyline, ESPN 975. Sam Windsor with the Houston Sabercats here. Even when I'm down under, I'm listening to ESPN 97.5 on the app. You can stream the boys from anywhere. Mate. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. On ESPN 975.com. Live from the ESPN 975 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, where we are going to celebrate one more time. 713 780 3776. It's the last segment, but I still got more bets, and I'm going to take you to the MLS El Traficos, what they call it, LAFC against LA Galaxy. And there's no way I don't see goals today. We know what happened on the last one. The Slaton train came through for the for the hat trick, and and players were injured, and there was a fight on the field. And today we're gonna see a war, and I see more than three and a half goals in that game combined. So go ahead and hit that. That's tonight. That's the nightcap, and we've got plenty in between here and there. But go ahead and get that in because by tonight, and everyone's been sipping on some rum all day. They're gonna start pounding that bet, and you're gonna lose the value. So hit it now before the drunks get there, or before you get drunk. <laughs> Very good advice there. In last segment, we were talking about the Texans' expectations for this year now that Andrew Luck is out of the picture. And I thought one of our callers brought up a good point. I bet a lot of Texans fans are still a little down today because, I mean, you did just get wiped out 34 to nothing by the Cowboys yesterday. I mean... It's sour. Yeah, it, it is. A, it leaves you a sour taste in your mouth, especially to the Cowboys, because you know you got to show up to your job on Monday morning, and you're going to have that Cowboys fan with yep. that brand-new Cowboys hat on. It's mm-hmm. going to be nice. It's going to be crispy. And then he's going to look at you, and he's not even going to say nothing. He's going to say, And then you're just going to sit there and say, well, it was a it was a preseason game, and then we're worried about injuries over here. Forget you, you know. Forget those thirty four points. I'd give up. I'd lose sixty to nothing if I could just have Lamar Miller back. And just think about that, right? I mean, Lamar Miller's kind of a middle of the road running back, but to the Texans, they lean on him heavily. This is this is a big loss. But we talked about this earlier. I really, I'm talking myself into this. I really think they should go and try and get Frank Gore. I, I know it's not sexy. I, I know you're not excited about it, but you expect Duke Johnson to have a big role. I think Frank Gore is a guy you can trust to know what he's supposed to do. It's only for one year. 
you know, he's a guy that I think he could pick up the playbook quickly. You know you can trust him in pass protection. And I think the Bills, they just got a ton of running backs. I think they might end up cutting him, and, and he might be a guy that you can – or you could trade for him if they end up holding on to him. But he won't cost you a lot, you know. And I think he'd be a good rental player for one year. It makes a lot of sense. And uh, just to switch gears a little bit out before we get out of here, let's have some fun. And someone that – I don't know if they could be trusted anymore – Desmond Howard, did you catch him on college game day? And for <laughs> you that this. didn't catch him, this is what happened with Desmond Howard yesterday on college game day. And it sounded a little bit like this. Michigan make a big enough splash to beat Ohio State this year. I know you've never been asked that question. Oh, uh, Reese Davis, I'm, is Desmond Howard going to have the joke of bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, look, I have my barbershop response. I have my PC response. At <laughs> well then I got the Wayne Brady um, version if you want to hear him side by side <laughs> hit it well never Wayne mind I got it choke a bitch? <laughs> sorry it's been a, I haven't gotten a lot of sleep and I'm kind of hey the hardest man working in radio my man was up here running games till one in the morning however late that two game in the morning. two in the morning no sleep stayed up here and we appreciate you showing up this morning for real man so anybody out there let's go ahead and give trey the platform who's gonna win the race next week since there's not one this week all you uh gamblers out there looking for a little nascar tip here it is well your favorite i would think is obviously gonna be kyle bush because he's the favorite every week but um, if you're looking for, like, a good kind of sleeper kind of driver, if you're doing daily fantasy or anything, somebody to kind of fill out your lineup, don't hesitate to go after Ryan Newman. He's had a, an illustrious career here. I think he's finished in the top 10 there 13 times. He's never won, but he's consistent, and consistency can help you in daily fantasy. So um, stay away from Jimmy Johnson, though. He's never going to win again, it seems. Um, the rough season continues for him, so I would keep away from the 48 car. There you go. There you have it. And let's. Uh, we don't have that much time left, but... We've been talking about the luck retirement and what that means. So let's let's kind of get into how about T.Y. Hilton, right? I'm thinking before he was a wide receiver two. Now I'm thinking he's more of a wide receiver three or a flex. So at the position at wide receiver, he's probably like in the early 30s now, you know, something like that. So temper your expectations for him. And with Marlon Mack, I had him as a solid running back too. I was pretty excited about him this year. I think now he's more of a flex play. I just don't think the offense will be as good. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, I, he's not a guy that I would draft. You know, go find other options. Unless it's a two-quarterback league and you're desperate, you probably want to avoid him. And let's talk about Eric Ebron. Like, he was a guy that... Regression was already set in with right. how much, and now... I don't like it at all. No. Like he's a guy I'm I'm just completely staying away from now. How about Funches? I, I didn't really love him anyway. And that's why I was worried about Ebron, right? I was worried Funches was gonna take all those touchdowns and, and then, Doyle. Yeah, and Doyle being back in the mix, you know, that changes things for Ebron too, because Ebron didn't run nearly as many routes last year when Doyle was on the field. So I think the whole Colts offense now. Unless it's like the middle rounds and you can get a good deal on T.Y. Hilton, you know, maybe like the seventh or eighth round if he's there, you know, maybe that's something that you pull the trigger on. And then Marlon Mack, I mean, you got to think they're going to lean on the run game a little more now, right? With no Andrew Luck. So, you know, he's a guy that I would, I'd take a shot on Marlon Mack maybe as my flex, you know, somewhere in the middle rounds. I think he could still have a nice year. And the, the Colts like him a lot. They really do. But, 
you know, you worry if he's going to give up all the, the passing downs work to Naeem Himes. That's something you have to worry about, though. And going back one more time, like I said earlier about uh, T.Y. in that year, that 16-game sample that he did have with Brissett, he ended up as the wide receiver 25. And the, the uh, stat that stands out to me, though, is 10 out of those 16 weeks, he was the 45th ranked receiver or worse. So that means he just had a few games that ended up boosting his numbers, getting him to the overall 25th, which makes him a fringe wide receiver too. It does. And that's with those big games. And I just don't know, four touchdowns, it's tough to he, – he's he's right where you said, run that eighth or ninth round. If it, I don't – I'm not excited to have him, and if you no. drafted him last night, I guarantee you you're not excited as well. And I see expect regression from every side of the Colts, except for maybe, like you said, in the run game, maybe that they lean on it some more. Yeah. I don't know if the success rate will be there as much as you can now plan for it. But again, we talked about the Colts being a team that were in position to 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 ex- overexceed. I think this year to 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 make a run at it, and that wasn't just because Andrew Luck. They're not one of those teams, but it was because they had a lot of pieces on both sides of the ball, and they still have that. That doesn't move. Is there going to be a downgrade? Yeah, of course there will be. How much of it we're yet to see? How much is 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 Brissett improved over that year that he had limited time with that playbook? What does that time do for him? What does it do for him as far as, as the trust in the locker room? What does it do for him to it's it's a different player now, and we're, and we're going to see. No doubt about it. It it's going to be fun to watch. Just just out of curiosity, like how are they going to rearrange their offense, and you know what are they going to do? But I mean, these weren't guys I was super excited about anyway. And with Ty Hilton back to him, the problem with him is you're just not going to know which week to start him. He's going to be so boomer bust. You remember Joey Galloway when he was with Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in the day? It was you know either he caught that long bomb for a touchdown or he killed you. I love and, that guy. Yeah, boys legend Joey Galloway. Yeah, that's right. And towards the end of his career, he could still run, but he'd either get you two points or he'd get you twenty. Uh, I kind of maybe compare Ty Hilton also to Deshaun Jackson now, right? Just a guy that. It, if he catches that deep ball for a touchdown, he's going to help your fantasy team. But if he doesn't, he might get you two points and kill you. That's that's the risk you have to take, though, right? Yeah, and that's what that's why you're getting the guy in the middle round, right? If he wasn't risky and inconsistent, then he would be drafted a lot sooner. Well, thank you once again for joining us for another show. We're one week closer to that coveted kickoff week yeah. one. Your drafts are getting underway. Some of them you already did. Some of them are coming up. We hope that we helped you along the way. We hope that we gave you some laughs, and we hope that we gave you a good opinion as far as what we thought about the Texans going forward. If you wanted to get your opinion in next week, 713-780-3776 is always going to be the spot. That never changes, and we do this together. Signing off for Juggalo Trey, for my man Josh Jordan and Jerry Bo Knows. Peace. Peace.